Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, Darren Mitchell here, and welcome back to another episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast on this Tuesday, 15th of November, 2022. Don't know about you, I cannot believe that it is now the middle of the 11th month of 2022. And I said to a lot of people, actually, uh, I've been saying for the last few months, 2020 and 2021 felt like one long year, but it felt like two years into one, just time went so quickly. And this year is just absolutely flown. Before you know it, it will be the middle of 2023. So with that, we've got to make every single post a winner. We've got to continue to make progress and we've got to continue to give ourselves every opportunity of unleashing the potential of our teams, but also the potential of ourselves so we can drive those results that ultimately become sustainable, replicable, and duplicatable, which is what we're all about here at the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. So in today's episode, I want to talk about preparation. And uh, I love facilitating. And if you've been listening to the podcast a while, you know that I do a lot of facilitation. I do a lot of training. Uh, Big groups, small groups, every group in between. Sometimes I do training for one or two people, which is phenomenal because it means we can do sort of one-on-one, one-on-two sort of stuff. And I love helping leaders and their teams unleash their full potential. And I love conversations around preparation because I'm often asked the question around how long should you prepare and are there any reasons where you perhaps won't prepare for uh, for particular sessions? And it's a really intriguing conversation, particularly when you're dealing with people who have a huge amount of pressure on them to deliver a specific outcome, which when you think about it, is sales leaders every single day, particularly if you've got senior leaders who are at you all the time to deliver a specific number by a specific time period. So uh, when it comes to that, I love that conversation. So many don't prepare, which is interesting because a lot of the feedback I get from a lot of leaders and, and certainly a lot of salespeople is a lot of them actually don't prepare at all. And I can sort of attest to this based on my own experience going back many years running sales teams and the number of account managers who would invite me to meetings. And I'd be asking them questions on the specifics of the meeting, the intent of the meeting, the key outcomes of the meeting. And very often the people would look at me as if I was a dog talking to them because they didn't understand a word I said. And preparation for many of them was uh, something they didn't even contemplate. In many cases, they would go into the meetings and they would just wing it. And they thought, you know what, we've got a great relationship with this particular person. We seem to get along really well with this person. Um, They've been doing business with us for a number of years, so why do we need to prepare? And if I look back on that, the number of times I went into uh, meetings with accounts, with account managers who did not do any preparation whatsoever and just simply relied on the relationship, uh, I can count on, on one hand the number of times when we got a really good outcome with those meetings. Now, every now and then, and when I say every now and then, very, very rarely, Did we catch lightning in a bottle and we just happened to be at the right place at the right time? The customer was feeling probably uh, good at that particular time, wanted us us to give us some business and it all worked. And we thought, wow, how good was that? The account manager actually walked away thinking, well, I don't need to prepare because when I get outcomes like that, why do I need to prepare? But when we look at it, pretty much 99% of the conversations where there was no preparation did not go according to to plan. Now, on the other end of the spectrum, I've had examples where I've gone into meetings with people who have over-prepared. They have prepared absolutely 
to the inch of their life. But the difference with this, and I want to talk about the preparation and why it's important today, is these guys who were over-preparing, they were preparing to remember what to say. So it was all about getting it right. Now, whether it be meetings, presentations, one-on-ones, many people who do prepare, they focus their attention on the content, thinking they have to get the content right, that they have to say the right thing, that there's only one sort of answer to any kind of question. What they forget and what they don't necessarily realize is 93% of our communication is not the words that we speak. Now, that's not coming from me. That comes from a guy called Albert Moravian, who back in the 1960s and early 70s did some research around the impact of our communication, and he found that only 7% of our impact of communication comes through the words that we speak. In other words, the content. 38% of our impact of communication actually comes from the way that we speak or our tonality, which leaves 55% of our communication comes through the body language or the physiology that we use when we're conveying a message. So 93% is not the words or not the content that we speak. Now, what's really interesting about this is those that do prepare, where do you think most people who are preparing, and dare I say it, over-preparing, where do you think they focus the majority of their attention? That's right, they focus the majority of their attention on the content. Now, whether it be a presentation skills program or whether it be like the train the trainer I did last week, many people, when it, when it comes to the opportunity to run a session, they will go straight into the content. What is the content I need to have? What is the things I need to put in place? What is the message I have to convey? And what are the words that I have to use in order to convey that message? Now, when I'm having a conversation with people who over-prepare and I say to them, hey, your content is not the be-all and end-all, they look at me like I'm an alien because they think, well, no, the content is everything. So if I sit in front of a CIO or a CEO or a group of people who are decision-makers or at least influencers, I've got to make sure that I get the content Right, and I said, well, really? What about having a level level of flexibility and utilizing what is in the room to the best advantage to then be able to deliver a message but have the flexibility to be able to pivot if you need to? Now, that takes a different type of preparation. Now, this is what I want to talk about today because one of the things, if you listened to the podcast late last week, I spent three days last week running a train-the-trainer program for a number of trainers and uh, let's just say there was over 150 pages of a workbook that I could have taken them through page by page, and that was supported by 160 or 165 uh, slide PowerPoint deck, which uh, I'm notorious for not getting through content. I'm certainly notorious for not going through page by page of every single workbook that I train on uh, because I do a different type of preparation. Now, when I was talking to these guys and we asked them the question around how much preparation do they do when they're doing some training, many of them said, well, we don't do much at all, if, if any, if I'm going to be training or facilitating on a topic that I'm really, really uh, keen on or I'm really, really knowledgeable around. Others will say, well, I do heaps and heaps of preparation because if I don't know the topic and I'm training on that particular topic, I need to know absolutely everything. Now, it was a fascinating conversation because what it, what it, what played out is there were two ends of the spectrum, some that didn't do much preparation at all and some that did far too much preparation. So I said the key to this is to find a middle middle ground. And the key thing around this is, is as trainers, as facilitators, and certainly as leaders, when you're looking at running a sales meeting, when you're looking at facilitating some sort of mediation, when you're doing a negotiation, when you're simply running a one-on-one with some of your team members, you've got to sit down and do preparation. But the preparation is not to actually get the words right. The preparation is to create a level of flexibility. And that's the whole message of today's podcast episode. Preparation creates flexibility. So for example, one of the guys asked last week, how much preparation do I do 
when it comes to a facilitation. So I said, look, we've got three days together. And I said, for every hour of content or every hour of delivery, this is the rule of thumb that I use. There's a roughly two and a half to three hours of preparation that I do for every hour of delivery. Now, they thought, wow, that's a huge amount of time. But I said, well, listen, think about it, right? Why do I do that? Well, it's one thing to learn the content, but I also have to learn the context. What I'm looking for is I'm not going to necessarily just think the content is the only content. I'm looking for alternatives. I'm also looking for how can this be challenged? How can the content be challenged? Is there alternative uh, suppositions out there? Is there alternative evidence out there that may actually say, well, the content I'm actually delivering is not actually correct? So this is where context comes into it. It also enables me to study consequences. So I'm starting to think about, okay, if I put this particular concept on the table, what are the consequences that might result from me putting this on the table? Now, it might be that I'll uh, I'll get some challenging questions. It might be that I'll be challenging somebody's uh, boundary conditions in terms of jumping out of their comfort zone. There may be a whole host of things that might come up based on a, you know, it depends on the type of topic I'm actually talking about. But considering different circumstances and different consequences will enable me to develop a level of confidence, but also a level of flexibility that nothing will surprise me if somebody puts something on the table. Now, it happened a number of times last week, and many of the guys in the room were kind of a little bit apprehensive that they had to know everything. So when they were training, they had this fixation in their head that they needed to be the font of all knowledge, almost like the oracle, that they needed to know absolutely everything. And I said, well, that's not actually the case. You just need to have enough knowledge to be one trick ahead of the dog. Now, that means that you need to be great at utilization. It means also you need to be great at asking questions. You also need to be great at challenging people in terms of their own frames of references and thinking patterns because it's not necessarily the content that will be delivering the outcomes. It is the frame of references and the thinking behind the content that will often be the difference that makes all the difference. And that's exactly what the guys found out last week, that after, after the three days together, I got some feedback from each of them and asked them a direct question. Was this training, was this experience what you thought it was going to be leading into it? And every single person said it was completely different to what they thought it was going to be. And then I asked the follow-up question in terms of what did you think it was going to be? And they thought it was going to be learning how to train. It was going to be all about the structure and the processes and all the tangible stuff, all the left brain sort of stuff. And I said, what do you now know? And what do you now realize? And what have you now learned? And they said, well, it was completely the opposite. And this is why preparation is absolutely critical because it enables you to learn the context, consider those alternatives, put my teeth back in, uh, and actually be confident that you can be able to deliver an experience for the people that are going to be in your room. Now, whether you're a trainer or whether you're a coach, whether you're a mentor, whether you're a sales leader, whether you're just an individual contributor who's looking to influence others, please understand, you've got to prepare. But I don't want you to over-prepare and over-prepare to the perspective of learning what to say. It is not about that. I want you to prepare so that you can know your content, but have the flexibility to be able to deliver that content in multiple different ways and not be wedded to the outcome that you put pressure on yourself to deliver. Now, this is why preparation is the key to exceptional performance. What it does, it develops muscle memory, it refines our technique, it enables us to look for and develop alternative ways to deliver a message, but it's not preparation to remember, it's preparation to be confident. Now, preparation, what this does, it creates flexibility and so far as it gives you a level of behavioral flexibility, which is the game. Now, it's often said that the person who can demonstrate the most behavioral flexibility will control the system. Now, what the system is, it's the conversation, the content, the narrative. 
And as an example, at the beginning of the three days last week, I asked the group if it's okay if something comes up because chances are somebody's going to ask a question or somebody put a challenge on the table, somebody will provide an insight, and that will be the opportunity to utilize that and maybe go off in a different direction, which may not be actually in line with what the content is or what the expectations are of the actual training itself. But I said, if it's going to serve the group, are you okay if we do that? And to a person, they said, absolutely. Now, the pressure was then on me that if, if and when that presented itself, I need to be true to that. And thankfully, there was a number of questions that were asked over the three days, a number of insights that were provided that enabled us to go sometimes completely off the reservation. And when I say off the reservation, we were talking about certain topics for a period of, say, half an hour to an hour that was not in the, uh, in the curriculum, if you like, but it enabled me to provide a level of value that perhaps they would not have ordinarily got if they have been following the workbook page by page by page. And this is what I'm talking about in terms of behavioral flexibility. Now, the only way I can do that is I've done a, I've done a bucket load of preparation. I know the content, but more importantly, I know how other contexts can fit in with that. And I've got the flexibility to go where I need to go, always knowing that I'll bring it all, all the way back to what the key outcome is. So behavioral flexibility is the game. And particularly in facilitation, a thing called utilization is gold. And this is what I was teaching the team, that you don't have to be wedded to the content. You don't have to be wedded to the process to deliver the content. You've got to be open and flexible enough to utilize whatever's happening in the room, whether that be a situation, a joke, an anecdote, an insight, a metaphor, somebody farts, whatever the case might be, utilize that to its fullest advantage and think about how you can weave the content in to deliver messaging and to deliver outcomes based on the utilization that's happening in the room. And remove yourself, therefore, from the pressure of having to get a great, a perfect outcome because there is no such thing as a perfect outcome. Now, that's not to say that at the beginning of any session, the beginning of any presentation or any one-on-one, you don't have a crystal clear idea as to what the perfect outcome would like to be. But then once you've identified that, remove yourself from the pressure of having to achieve that and basically saying, well, if I don't achieve that, then I'm a failure. No, no, you might actually get an outcome that in the end of the day could actually be a better outcome because there might have been some things that have happened in that conversation that you didn't plan on. But because you've done the preparation and because you've got that flexibility and because you've got the capability to utilize what's happening in front of you, you actually deliver a better outcome than what you thought was even possible. So the key message today is preparation creates flexibility. Now, remember also, because I was asked this question, can you over-prepare? And the answer to that is yes, if you are seeking to remember everything. This is not about rote learning. And interestingly, as as adults, when we think about when we were kids, we were taught what to think. And probably all the way up to university, we were taught what to think. And in some cases, if you're working for an organization, sometimes they're also telling you and incentivizing you and trying to influence you in terms of what to think. Very few get taught how to think. So what our job as facilitators and certainly as leaders are, if we're going to influence others, we've got to teach people on how to think, not what to think. So Overpreparation can be a bit of a, a poison chalice if you were trying to remember stuff, but you cannot overprepare if you are seeking context and delivering the message and having the flexibility to deliver that message in multiple different ways. So here's the question and here's the key output for today. Preparation is critical. So what are you preparing for? Are you preparing to be perfect? Are you preparing to get the perfect outcome? Now, you may not necessarily be a facilitator. You may not be facilitating but you might be running sales meetings, you'll be definitely running one-on-ones, and you'll certainly be running some sort of customer stakeholder meetings as well. These are the times when preparation is absolutely critical, but removing yourself from the pressure of having to get the perfect outcome and certainly removing yourself 
from the pressure of having to get it right, and that is to say the right things. So as we wrap up this episode, understand this, that preparation creates confidence. Preparation also creates flexibility. And when we do those two things, we can go into any conversation with a higher level of confidence, knowing that we can handle absolutely anything that's thrown at us, anything that's said. And guess what? More often than not, you'll start to get the outcome that will take care of itself. And probably the outcomes will be as as good, if not better, than the outcomes you actually thought at the beginning when you started to think about what is your ideal outcome. So I trust that message helps and I hope that reaches you at the time that is most relevant for you because it may be you've got an important presentation, you may even be running some sort of sales meeting this week or in fact you've got an important negotiation coming up. So take this for what it's worth, don't over prepare but make sure when you're preparing, prepare based on context. Don't prepare to learn all the content pretty much verbatim because that will just potentially tie you up in knots because something will be said that you haven't planned for and all of a sudden if you're not having that flexibility you can be taken down rabbit holes sometimes of which you'll never ever receive the light of day again so as a key reminder before we wrap up if you're ready to take your leadership to the exceptional level then let's have a conversation about me working with you one-on-one and helping you do just that over the next 90 days either go to leadwithdarren.com or please feel free to send me a text at 0412 33554 uh from outside of Australia, plus six one four one two double three triple five four. So very much look forward to that conversation. And as always, look forward to sharing with you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.